What is up? My name is Chris Karui, your host of the Youth Descending Podcast. Today is a very special day because today is the day where I finally get to share with you guys something that I've just been dying to release. A conversation with somebody that I've been a fan of since the start and somebody that has been a major reason why I'm so excited about Western Canadian music. Later on in this episode, you'll get to hear me interview Calgary-born and internet money signee Turbo. We get into everything that led up to him signing a record deal and everything that has come since, so be sure to stick around. But first, we have some news to catch up on. We'll start in Vancouver, where artist Angst drops his first single in months, titled Too Late. Angst is somebody that I've been aware of for some time now. He makes what is borderline hyper-pop slash emo rap music, which has always been a genre that's intrigued me. This song is is the lead single from his upcoming debut album titled Loser 2. And so Angst has had success in the past, racking up nearly nearly a million streams across all platforms. So I'm curious to see how this project will continue this rise. His music isn't for everyone, but from what I've researched, Angst's music can be classified as a stepchild of early hyper-pop songs like Backseat by Charlie XCX or Oblivion by Grimes. It combines the overblown bass with melodies reminiscent of Juice World, So it's no question that this type of music has a market, but I'm interested to just see how far this subgenre of hyper-pop and emo rap can kind of go. Along with the song came a music video where Angst and director Melchior maintained the signature hyper-pop DIY aesthetic. For those who have a hard time Imagining this, just picture taking an early 2000s video camera, adding quick transitions and seizure-inducing effects, and you basically have a hyper-pop music video. Nonetheless, Complex, in a recent article, actually wrote about this song, so it seems like he's got some eyes on him. Transitioning to another Vancouver artist I forgot to mention last week, Res Montclair released his debut EP. This is Res's first full body full length body of work and i i have to say the concept of it was executed perfectly titled montclair mood ring the cp transcends the listener to within rez's metaphorical mood ring where the listener gets to experience his shifting moods as each track goes by one of the new of the new songs released in the ep for the better and won't you be mine stands out it's been one of my favorite projects as as of late and it has me excited, really excited for Rez to finally debut his visuals. Rez is a part of the Onesie Collective and is essentially the young protege of Manila Gray, which brings me to my next topic, Manila Gray. They released the tracklist for their upcoming project titled No Saints on Night Street, which, is, which has a total of 13 tracks, including four features, whom still remain a mystery. All I know is with Blue Vegeta and Shibuya being the lead singles, I can guarantee you that th- this album is going to continue their ascent. I don't think I could forgive myself if I didn't mention this, but Eric Reprid and Silver Spades just released Eric's third music video of this year, and this time is for his song titled Don't Get, don't Get Too Close. Ace is the director and founder of Silver Spades, Spades which is honestly one of the and, and and he's honestly one of the most talented and creative individuals I've ever seen. 
Ace is able to create an entire universe for each video that allows the song to live within it, and this collaboration with Eric is no different. The concept is basically Eric in an old 1900s house that is floating through the galaxy. If you haven't seen it yet, picture the movie Zathura and combine that with clean transitions and camera work and you have this music video. Overall, I think Eric and his team along with Silver Spades are doing really good things and it's only it's only beginning to pay off. A few weeks ago actually, I was on TikTok scrolling my For You page when I came across a video of this guy who wanted to use the power of the internet to bring together artists who he believed are underrated. He then wanted to take those artists and produce an album with all of them on it. That TikTok was made by YouTuber Patrick CC. And because the internet stays undefeated, he was actually able to pull this off. He titled the project Launch Sequence, and in DJ Khaled fashion, he executive produced the entire mixtape. Crazy enough, two artists from Vancouver were selected to be on it. Eric Reprid was featured on Ain't the Same, and other Vancouver artist Avery was featured on a song called Why You Always Play. Both songs are good, but the reach into new audiences this album provides is a brilliant move on the artist's side. Shifting over to Edmonton briefly, artist Retro released music video released the music video for his song Dimension, which was directed by Cordell. And low-key, I think Edmonton is quietly on the rise. Their, su- their sound is slowly beginning to take shape, and I really think Forever Friday has been a big influence. Finally, I wanted to talk about the hype surrounding the voice chatting app, Clubhouse. Back in December, I received a DM from Chris Villataro, an A&R manager from Vancouver, and he actually reached out just to show support for Youth Ascending. To be quite honest, I was surprised, but we got to talking and the topic of Clubhouse was actually brought up. Up until this point, I'd I'd heard about the app, but I didn't really have any clue what what it was about. So he explained to me how it worked and was cool enough to send me a nomination into his circle. The way Clubhouse works is if I nominate somebody onto the platform, that person is automatically added into all of my groups and conversations. The catch is only each user only has seven invites. So it's almost a a strategic networking tool at the same time. Anyways, once I, I was invited into Chris's circle, I would join in on a few conversations, and as I became more familiar with the app, I realized that this is where the music industry is currently operating right now. I've I've been in rooms with industry people from LA, New York, Atlanta, so to me it was almost like a peek behind the curtain because this is a platform for artists, playlisters, producers, managers, A&Rs, you name it. They're all using this app to network. If you're somebody who's aspiring to work in the music industry, I highly recommend you get on Clubhouse. That's all I got for you guys this week. Now I think it's finally time for you guys to hear my conversation with the Calgarian cowboy himself. Here is Turbo. All right, we have back on here today, we have a really special guest, the internet money signee, Taz Taylor's best kept secret in Calgary Zone, Turbo. How's it going? I'm like, where are you at? I'm doing good, man. Where I'm at right now, I'm in, I'm in my room right now. I'm at my parents' crib in Calgary, Alberta, man. Yeah, so I just want to kind of briefly touch on your beginnings in 
but like I want to primarily focus on what this past year has been like for you and just about like this crazy rise you've had kind of despite the pandemic. And uh, so born in Calgary, born and raised in Calgary, correct? Yes, sir. What high school did you go to? Uh, I went to St. Francis, the home Saints. of Brown. Baby. Oh, shit. All right. Brown. I go to the University of Lethbridge. So like basically all my friends right now are from Calgary. So I feel yeah. like I, I feel like I know Calgary like enough just through them. So, I mean, we, we probably we probably got a lot of mutual friends. Yeah, I feel like it because like when you were in um, in Vermeer filming that video, I like knew yeah. a couple people that like tried to reach out and like tried to be in it. Dang. Yeah. We so it's like it's a, we should have got them to come somehow. Now, yeah, what the a, hell were you doing, bro? Yeah, it's a small world, though. Yeah, um, I was able to find 40 people, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, so I interviewed Koozie uh, about a month ago, and he talked about his early beginnings, and it was kind of like all out of high school. And he mentioned that like you, him, and like a few other friends kind of all got your start around the same time. So like, I was just curious, like, did you start producing first, or would you like make music right off the bat? I... Uh... I only I started by just producing. Um, I was looking at producers like Noah Forty and uh, fucking Dr. Dre were my two biggest like, and Kanye West were my like three biggest people to look up to at the time. And um, they were like, they were like, they're like really famous, um, but they're just producers. And I wanted to be famous like them. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start making beats, you know? Um, and I started making beats. Yeah. So I, I, I started solely making beats. I kind of butchered that answer pretty hard, but no, it's all good, just, man. Just beats, so bro. beats. And then, so, I mean, did you find that? So how long was it before? Like how long were you producing until you just decided to get behind the mic? Um, about, about like a year or two into making beats. Um, I had actually bought a microphone when I had bought all my equipment. So I had my speakers, my laptop and a little keyboard. And I had this audio Technica microphone. I don't know what I was, what I was thinking when I bought it, you know, like I, I wanted to use it, but I didn't have the guts to get up there. Even when I was like fucking home alone, I didn't even have the guts to get up there and, and, and do anything. Um, so I just sat in my room and I was thinking, okay, well, I, I got to put it to use. Maybe I got to like invite someone over. So I invited like my closest friends over and they would just goof around. And then I was like, okay, I got to bring in, I got to bring in like a rapper or something. And you know, the, um, the closest person to me that had that talent was like Koozie. And so I think mm -hmm. I, I brought him over and we were just goofing around and, um, there was this house, uh, that my buddy moved out into and I would bring all my equipment there and I'd be producing in the room and people would be up and rapping and shit. And then it just got to a point. I was like, what do I want? I wanted, I wanted it to be like the center of attention. Like I wanted to be like a famous producer, but like, it wasn't enough to me, you know, like I wanted to, I wanted to be like the, the center, the, the center act, you know? So yeah, eventually I actually just got up there and just, started writing like you know like white lyrics you know like shit that uh -huh. doesn't mean anything but it sounds you know like hip-hop so yeah. 
next thing you know, I'm like, I'm like putting together a track list for this project and you could call it an album. And that's just how I started. That's just how I, like, I got in that habit of putting together a body of work, putting it out, moving on, leveling up. Mm -hmm. That was kind of, that was kind of my process. And before you knew it, I had, I had seven, seven full length projects on SoundCloud and labels are. Hitting yeah. Me up. Yeah. Cause you, you probably, I don't even remember like, cause when I found your music, it was probably around, I think sixth gear was out for like a year, but you hadn't, you didn't have any like um, major, you, you didn't have any major releases yet. And so mm. I'm pretty sure I caught you right, right after you cut, you like deleted all your old shit. So like the the last one I think I listened was like that um eleven forty five one with like a bunch of like all those people and koozie. And so it is crazy like to just even like on your SoundCloud now just to see like that was the start and where you are now. It's insane. Yeah, the the journey is is crazy. Um I miss all my old shit. Um, but I'll be honest, like oh it that is like experimentation at its finest. Like yeah. it is you got to be so open-minded to not only listen to it, but to actually enjoy it. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. So like, about, I was yeah, just going to go say, ahead. Sorry. Well, putting it all on like a, a hard drive or something and giving it to the people that want it most, but it, it's better <laughs> locked away. If you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 Really uh-huh. So like during that time, I guess when you were uh koozie said, like you guys would like freestyle and cars and shit, like when you were kind of oh, yeah. like having having those conversations just about music, did you have any idea that like this was like a feasible career at the time? It's all I thought about. Mm -hmm. It's all like like I I did I wasn't going to school. I just had a nine to five job at some liquor store, and it's all it, it's what I knew that I was going to end up doing. Mm -hmm. um, the other fellas um koozie and you know at the time it was pretty much us for me koozie phil and mateo and yeah we would just we would just sit in cars and, and freestyle and shit and we we would talk about it as if like we're serious we're like yo like, we should we should we should film a music video we should you know we should start a label like we should fucking yada 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 and i'm and i'm fully in it i'm like i'm 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 throwing my ideas into it but in the back of my mind i'm, I'm thinking these guys are still in school and this is kind of just like some fun we're having, you know, like, but mm. I'm sitting there like, like, this is, this is, I'm fucking serious. Yeah. Like, I'm fucking serious. And, um, we, we never really like collaborated as much as we could have personally. I think it's because like, I, I like to just work alone. Um, mm -hmm. I like to hang out and talk about shit, but when it comes to actually doing shit, I like to just be, just create by myself um but yeah, we uh i never really thought it would turn into this and it did well like i i, I always knew it i always knew it um i always knew it was gonna happen i didn't know how and it's weird yeah it's, happening. it's like what the fuck that's, that's yeah that's pretty crazy because i think like what often just gets overlooked about many artists and their careers is just the sheer amount of hours you have to put in and like just the amount of sacrifices you have to make just to get to where you are now so like big time when you were like in your home studio working by yourself, like producing, make, writing lyrics, like what really, like, what were you telling yourself? Like just to keep you going. Um, 
I wouldn't tell myself anything. I would just, I would just like fucking Eminem said, you know, like lose yourself in the moment and just like, um, I would just, I would get so inspired when I'm outside of the studio that I would come in full speed and I would just not like lose, like I would try my hardest not to lose momentum. And, and it's just this world that you're just creating in your head and you just live mm-hmm. in it, man. You just, you yeah. just live in it and you, you buy in it and you sell in it. And, um, you know, so you're talking, you're talking like, it's like, like that just comes natural, but like that right there is a gift in itself. And I think not a lot of people have that, yeah. right? It it's, it's when like, it's just like when you get so inspired by something that instead of just like letting it make you feel good, you like, you like, you go and like recreate it. I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, but I, inspiration for me, man, like, I can see a cool t-shirt and I'll be like, Oh my God, I gotta, I, I want I need to be a fucking graphic designer. I need to fucking make a t-shirt that was better than that. Yeah. You know, like that's just how I am. I see things and I'm, and I just appreciate like how it's made and shit. So like, I see these, I see these songs coming out. I hear these songs coming out and it's just like the sounds blowing me away. And I had, I just had to figure out how to like, you know, recreate that shit. And I want to just like, on top of that, be like, you know, this cool personality that can show up, have a good time. And, Put on a cool show and cut yeah so i listened to your uh that podcast you did on i think it was like bringing it backwards i think it was called and yep. you talked about like your influence like your like how beautiful thugger girls was like a major influence of yours and I, I found that pretty interesting so like how did that album kind of contribute to finding your sound initially that was like that was like the push off the edge that was like the the turning like yeah like so i already had a bit of a vision before that of how i wanted to mix country and hip-hop i already i already have i was already like halfway there i was i was formulating my head um i was like this is a sound that might work Mm -hmm. you know like this is something that if i work hard enough i could maybe maybe make it cool and then fucking right at that moment, Young Thug releases that. And the first song on it, Family Don't Matter, is probably is yeah. definitely the most country out of like the whole project. But uh, the whole project itself is pretty much to me like a country record. And yeah, like I I, I heard that song, Country Billy made a couple milli. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just like I'm sitting back and I'm like, yo, okay, it's fucking go time. Like uh-huh. If, if the greatest rapper in the world is is putting a country song out country project out it's fucking go time like exactly the people want it like there's definitely that's the thing that i realized too the first time i listened to to six gear is i like it, right away it's you just you you were trying to do something that was like different but it still had its own lane that was like proven, right? Like you had like Lil Uzi and Lil Tracy making that yep. one song. And then you had like um, who else? Lil Nas X, obviously. And that kind of just like made, turned it into more of a meme. But I feel like your sound like almost is kind of just more so trying to legitimize that as like an actual, actual subgenre, right? Yeah. And so I I just wanted to know just about like kind of the timeline between when you first made your started making music out of high school and like when sixth year dropped. Like how long how long was that period? 
Um, like I'd say like four years. Um, so wow. fresh, out, fresh out of high school is, is when I, um, bought all my equipment and started producing. And at that time it was strictly just like hip hop, like even just like boom, Bob, not even like trap mm -hmm. uh, anyway. And then, um, so I was, I was 18 at that time, like just turned 18. I'm 23 now. And six gear dropped like a year and a half ago. So yeah, I'd say like three and a half to four years, I had kind of come up with my own sort of sound. Wow. And then, so mm -hmm. what do you think like was the biggest hurdle you had to overcome like creatively during that period? Um, like maybe writing. like just writing? Writing verses. Yeah. Hook Hooks are easy. Hooks are easy, but as soon as you gotta as soon as you gotta change the flow up and go into the verses, that's when it that's when it gets tough. Yeah. And so like what what was the, like cause sixth gear, honestly, like I understand like completely how that was the project that got you signed, just because it's like it's so much different than anything I've ever heard before. And I'm just curious, like, what was the idea behind that project? Like did you slowly build these songs over time or was it just kind of like you went into album mode and then you just kind of honed in on the sound and you just ran with it? Uh, I just went into album mode. Um, like I was saying earlier, my, 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 the way I work is I like to build a project, put it out, you know, have a rest, little rest period and then get back in the studio and, and uh, work, work towards the next album. Um, mm -hmm. and at the time, six gear, I, I made that in two and a half weeks. It was just, it, I go in the studio, I went in the studio and I made a beat that took about two hours. And then I would go have lunch, come back and do, um, record over it and write over it. And that would, that would take me pretty late into the night. And then I would put the song into the mastering website and I would just play video games until I went to bed or had to work or some shit, you know? Um, wow. So it was, it was like, it was a song a day for two and a half weeks, pretty much. Wow. That's actually what a grind. Holy shit. And the product of that, like, cause it, it feels like it was made in a short amount of time just because it's like, it's so co like cohesive just in the sound. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's why, that's why I, I personally, it's still my favorite piece of music I have is because that was like, that was when I start. would it like the most, the hunger. It was yeah. like, it was it just like all my eggs put into one basket and it was just like go time. And honestly, like I, I should be working that hard right now. And, and I, and I, I'm just like, so I inspire myself just by looking back at like how hard I worked then and, just you just can't stop working hard it's it's like no, yeah man. you might be signed to a label but that's not that's not like that's only the start really man art man really yeah so what did your family and friends kind of think of this like you being a full-time musician like initially um i have everyone is so supportive first of all like yeah. everyone's shown love from day one i don't get any it, it for me it was never like my parents never believed in me they, they told me to go to school yada 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 mm -hmm. they wanted me to succeed that was bottom line and they just they were happy with whatever do with whatever i was doing so when when i came home with uh with some 
with some food on the table, my, it was very emotional for my parents. My mom, like, was very happy with me. My friends were just so stoked. Yeah. Um, you know, they're like, yo, you got to take us backstage. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. Uh-huh. But all right. Bottom, I think the answer to that question is it was all love. That's good. I, like, yeah, honestly, like, I feel like you need that support. Like, I feel like it's it's a lot harder for an artist to kind of come up without like even just like two or three people that really really have their back like it feels like you need that like support system in order to just like have the freedom to just be creative mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, like it really really mm-hmm. it really helps. yeah so sixth year comes out you shoot the music video Braden ma and the the joma jo- joma joma brothers cordell and uh-huh. riley yeah. yeah they they uh do the video for you and you upload it to this youtube channel it's it was called a starry yeah what how did you what was the idea behind uploading that video to that channel um so the only reason that not the only reason but the main reason why we made those videos is because Astari, that's a actually is his uh, last name. I think he's mm-hmm. a, he's a, he owns this YouTube channel and he, he has all these subscribers. And he off he he said if if you have videos for these songs, I'll put them on my channel. And so his channel is just like this hub of underground music videos. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I checked it, it out. It, it's pretty dope. There's like there's actually some fucking huge artists on there uh, with the official like video on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, so he just said, if you have videos, I'd love to post them. Uh, he has 600,000 subscribers at the time. So I'm like, okay, guess I'm making a, a video. Yeah. Um, the first, it was for, the first one was for a really old song. Um, and we put that on and it did, all, it did, it did all right. It did good. And then, um, I followed up with the starry and he, he said, yeah, man, like, I love your new project. So I had dropped six gear in the meantime. And he's like, we should do a video for one of those. And uh, he's like, what are your, what he told me, what are my three favorite tracks? Um, I think the biggest takeaway that I, I see from just this part of the interview was just the fact that he really created his debut mixtape that got him signed essentially all by himself in his room in Calgary. We talked about him being influenced by uh, Beautiful Thugger Girls by Young Thug and that whole album and just how that album kind of just proved to him. Like most people would see would see that album be released and see how like kind of successful it was and they'd probably get discouraged just by by like the fact that oh, it's Young Thug, and if Young Thug did it, then it's already mainstream, and there's no chance that my voice would be heard because country rap is is kind of a meme, blah, blah, blah. And if you had that mentality, if Turbo had that mentality, there's no way that Sixth Gear would have ever happened. But instead, he kind of had the attitude like, all right, Young Thug, an artist I'm, I look up to, and he's very popular in the, in the world, in the rap game, and he's doing this. And so if he can do this, then there's absolutely no reason that I can't. And the thing is, he didn't he didn't try to mimic Young Thug. He 
took the idea of what Young Thug was trying to convey and he transformed it into something completely of his own. And I feel like that's something that kind of gets lost in this whole hype of uh, behind Turbo and just everything surrounding him. Like, you, you have to remember that it's all started just by himself in his room and he was just crafting a sound that was pretty much unheard of. It was unheard of, it was unique, but it was still authentically him, which I think is a key key factor. And I feel like it's why he's so successful now. If you haven't already, I encourage you to listen to the Six Gear Project on, on SoundCloud. Songs like Roar, Asshole, and of course Lightspeed are just, they are so slept on because it really just goes to show you that his sound is something special and I think it, the potential of this this genre, this subgenre, or even just his his career potential, there's so many different ways he can go. But yeah, go listen to uh, Six Gear on SoundCloud. Just thought I'd throw in my two cents. Back to the interview. And what that, are your three, three favorite tracks from that? Lightspeed, Roar, and um, probably like Alive or, or Motion. Mm, yeah, I like Asshole too. That one's a good one. Fuck yeah! <laughs> I love, um, oh man, I got that project again. Dude, yeah, I, I listened to this. I listened to it so many times just prepping for this, and like, holy fuck, dude, it's good. Um, yeah, so that Thank that you. video goes up, um, and then a few months later, it somehow reaches the ears of Dylan Ames. Hef, talk about like that initial interaction and like how that relationship kind of really changed your life. That's what, that's exactly what it did. Um, the power of the internet brought us together. Um, so this, this was about like eight months after six gear, I think six gear came out in April and Hef was hitting me up like in like December. So, so maybe, yeah, maybe like eight months anyway. Um, I'm just, I'm just going through the one. One DM I get a week, you know, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and I see I see one. I've I've been getting a few about business though, but nothing like crazy. Like I'll click on the account and they got like nothing to stand up for it. Like yeah, be like oh, I want to be your A and R or whatever. And or uh, anyway, I I I get this one from Dylan Ames. He's like, hey man, I just saw Lightspeed. I thought it was really cool. We should definitely Facetime sometime. And uh, I was about to throw it away or whatever, just kind of move on. Um, and then I check out this guy's profile and see what the fuck he's involved in. And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, that is serious. Um, so we set up a FaceTime call and I was like out on my deck and uh, he picks up the phone and he's like, yo, it's Turbo. <laughs> he's like so hyped up and pretty much like, he doesn't know anything about turbo except for the few songs and the video. So he, mm -hmm. he already knew like what turbo was just by listening to music and he's amped up and he sees the vision and he's like, he's, 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 he's already played some of my songs that I sent him throughout the office. And he's like, bro, like you are awesome. You guys keep sending me music. I want to, I'd love to meet you. But what he said was like, 
when you come to LA, he's like, if you're ever <laughs> in LA, I'd like to say hi to you. Like, yeah. I'd like, to, I'd like you to swing by the office. He's like, if you're ever in LA. And then, and then we hung up and he, we, he's like, he's like, let's keep in touch. And then the um, month later, you know, shit circulated around the office. Um, Hef and Taz are really close. So Hef brings it up to Taz and uh, the next FaceTime call was was all three of us, me, Taz, and Hef. And it was crazy because, Damn. like, Taz is on the phone with me. I'm, I'm looking at him. He's in L.A. There's fucking Nick Mira and all the other internet money producers behind him and shit. They're just hanging out by the pool. And I'm, just, <laughs> I'm literally sitting, like, right where I am right now. And I'm just, like, I was, like, exploding inside. But, you know, I can't, yeah. I can't explode <laughs> on the other side. I was just, like, and I was just trying to play it cool, just trying to be turbo. And mm-hmm. it went from if you're ever too in L.A. to you're going to be in L.A. next week. We're going to put you in the blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just, yeah, it's yeah, gonna yeah. they flew me. So, down. Like, we so even like prior to that, I guess, did you ever even have an idea that like, did you was the thought of signing to a, a label like even in your mind? Yeah, um, I didn't know what, what what I wanted to do, hold out trying to be independent or assigned to a label, but uh, it was coming to a point where it was like, all right, I'm I'm a dude from small town, Calgary, Canada, yeah. trying to make it big in the music industry. I was getting to a point where I was like, pretty sure my way out is a record deal yeah. with from from a big big label and i'll be i'll be honest there were actually a couple semi big labels that hit me up before that and i had just kind of okay this is cool but yeah. it could get better and then that hit me and i was like yo this this label's got trippy red six nine mm-hmm. so it was like it was their reputation you were like familiar with them because that was my next question i was like what if they if you got out their offers like what really made you choose internet money in 10k um the I'd say the part where I'm not only an artist, I'm a producer as well. And mm. I fucking learned how to produce from Nick Mira, from mm. a couple other people on internet money. Like I, uh, all of, like I learned how to make beats on YouTube and it would always be in the internet money circle. And it was just like, if, if that's if crazy. Like, yeah. yeah no, that's so I guess like, um, I guess before we get into it, if you just wanted to explain for people who might not be familiar with Taz Taylor and internet money, just like how internet money is really different than most traditional labels. Um, they're, they're just, they're hungry and they're all young. That's, that's, that's probably like the strongest, their strongest weapon is that they're young and they're hungry. Mm -hmm. Like when I say young, I'm talking fucking 17, like ages 17 to like 20, not even like these, uh, that's crazy. These kids can't even drink. These kids can't even smoke pot. They're just fucking boom, 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 like hungry as shit. Like it's not even about like all this money and shit. They're just trying to make sick music with these big names and it's it's hungry and it's good. It's good to be around that. Uh, other than that, they're just, they're cool people. Like we all just, we all just hang out and, and uh, you know, make tunes and just, it's just have fun, you know, like we just, yeah. 
good time. So, so like Taz, so then Taz flies you out for the first time. You're staying in the internet money house, same house as like where all these billboard hits like ransom and lemonade were created. Like what was going through your mind that first time you visited? I've, I've felt on top of the world, man. I felt like, yeah, like the world was revolving around me. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it was surreal, you know, going around LA. It was, it was pretty cool. Cause yeah, there, there was like a week. It was, this was like before COVID, this was right before COVID. Mm-hmm. We were, we were kind of like going around LA and shit. And we were like meeting famous people and shit. And Taz is introducing me to, you know, like these famous rappers and he's introducing me as his new artist. And it's like, wow. I, I felt, felt fucking crazy, man. Like, felt like um, a superstar rock star yeah absolutely and i'll be honest like it's 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 been shitty since covid because i haven't gotten to like expand on that like that's all mm-hmm. i kind of got glimpse of of being a rock star and since then it's just kind of been you know making music and making videos and you know practicing yeah. trying to get ready for whenever the fucking world gets back to normal exactly yeah no i I honestly i i can't imagine like how frustrating that's probably is because i i think i read i i seen somewhere that internet money was supposed to have like a music festival last summer like yeah um i'm I'm not sure about last summer to be honest i don't know much about it at all but i do remember taz uh talking about shutting down like the jaguars dome or something and getting yeah which were like would have been so crazy because that would have been huge exposure for you big time big time i wouldn't have met the fucking cool people yeah no i yeah exactly and like it's just like that yeah that must be just so frustrating just being unable to network and just really because i feel like that's as an artist like at kind of like the breaking point that's really what you need to do is just expand your network because you have access to all this, this these people now, right? Especially being in LA. Um, what, yeah, what was the first? Go was ahead, sorry. For, all good. I was just gonna say, for example, I got like like six thousand Instagram followers in like two weeks of being in LA, and and now I'm still at like I'm still almost yeah. at like eight thousand a year later. It, it's really hard to network when you're mm. fucking. Yeah. So what was the first song you wrote? Um, probably being signed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That was uh. That was Heart Stop, and that that was yeah. our uh, that was our first release. Heart Stop was the, the first song I wrote prior to being signed. Yeah. That's sick. And then I like right now, like you have four major releases on Spotify, Apple Music. 18 is like your lowest streamed one but i honestly think it's like it's your best song in terms of songwriting yeah like after and then like after looking at the writing credits it seems like there was like a lot of names so it's like that seems like a really fun process like so what is writing like in a team as opposed to like yourself like how does that differ um it it was it's quite different for me um yeah the thing is though is even beat makers get writing credits. So mm-hmm. everyone you see that made the beat will also be listed in uh, lyrical oh, composition. Okay. 18, I strictly wrote every lyric. I, I, I was sitting alone in a room with the beat and I came out with the song alone. Wow. Um, 
for hard stop that was alec and i we wrote uh-huh. that together um and it was pretty cool like it was just me and him in the room you know just writing just sitting listening to the beat you know just kind of humming mumbling bouncing words off each other um mm-hmm. and that's the first time i've ever done that and it, it and it ended up coming out as hard stop and yeah like it was it was really different um it was new to me but you know i just had to put on my big boy pants and just just fucking do it you know yeah exactly so yeah i kind of yeah probably it'd probably be like refreshing almost for you like to finally meet somebody not like you hadn't met somebody that was like like-minded but almost like they kind of really had the same mindset and the same you guys were just kind of bouncing ideas off each other right that, that must have yeah. just been a collaboration is very like it's very important is what i'm trying to say um, exactly but at the same time you know like my my sixth gear that was literally like no one else had any say in that and that's that's a beautiful piece of work right so exactly yeah so what was your what was your reaction to uh see, seeing yourself on the cover of before the storm uh pretty damn cool it would have been really cool to have a song on there but <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> you know you'll get, you'll get in the volume too <laughs> yeah i hope so uh, um it's it's pretty damn cool seeing my name um or my face let alone next just to right me. right beside taz too yeah it's pretty damn cool man and That's i have crazy funny hoodie and i'm even on it there boy from calgary made it mm-hmm. no i remember like showing my friends and like they didn't even believe me that like this guy's from Calgary. Like that's the, that's the thing. Like I feel, and you and I'm, I'm going to make an assumption here, but like you and Taz, like I watched Taz's interview with uh on kids takeover. I don't know if you've seen that one is he's like no. a YouTube channel from uh, Vancouver. Pretty dope. But um, he, on that, in, in that interview, he kind of explained like his frustrations and how he's still kind of fighting for his respect in the music industry and so what is it like like working alongside someone that's like so motivated not only to like dominate rap but like kind of disrupt the whole industry it's um it's insane man taz is probably the smartest person i know um yeah he just has this crazy memory and he's his personality is so dominant and he knows how to talk to people you know yada 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 so being around taz is huge it's it's like it's like having a mentor it's like having someone to to kind of not not like steer you in the right direction but like because like Ga- you know as an guide artist, you. you yeah you know what's best for you but it's like he just has that like higher like his, his opinions are important to me at mm-hmm. least and um yeah, it, it's a it's a huge deal being around Taz. Um, I wish that I was that I, I wish that I've been living in LA this whole time, being around mm-hmm. him and the team. That would have been really good for my, um, you know, like my my Your work process. ethic. Yeah, yeah, my my work ethic. Um, sometimes it's it's like Taz is Taz is the boss, right? Right, and and mm-hmm. and like what. I've, artists and then there's like 40 fucking producers um that's, that's so it's a little so you know he, he'll give you attention and then he'll he'll, he'll kind of he'll he, he does his own thing the main thing is he's doing his own thing like everyone else 
And sometimes you, you can, you can be caught up in like, Oh, um, you know, Taz isn't focusing on me. Well, that's just cause he's focusing on something else. It's not like he's pushing you away. He's just doing his yeah. own thing. So like what that teaches you is, is more self independence or whatever. And, uh, and shit like that. He, he's crazy, man. He's, he's, he's insane. He's going to be, he's going to be huge. Um, like it'll, it'll be, it'll be a matter of time before like every, everyone knows his name in the industry. Oh, and, I know it's crazy yeah. that like, he's still relatively unknown, like in the mainstream of yeah. grand scheme of things. Like it's, like to me, like he's been around for so so long. Like he he started making type, like he basically invented type beats. And it's mm-hmm. like that's that to me, like just shows that I honestly feel like he's kind of gonna be like the spearhead of like the whole the new wave, really, in rap. Because a lot of these new, like I guess, artists that we grew up kind of listening to, like the Drakes, the J Coles, like it's J Cole's thirty sixth birthday today. Like that's. <laughs> That I read that today and I was like, holy shit, I'm getting old. Like, what the fuck? Like, and like, so I guess like, yeah, transferring over. What is like, how has your uh, creative process changed since you've been signing? Like, I know you've kind of been back in Calgary, but has your mentality shifted at all? Um, I've focused less on beat making and more on writing lyrics and being the artist being like you know public and you know being a personality and shit um mm-hmm. so my music my my creative process has changed quite a bit like i said so i'm not i'm not like making beats as much at all it's more just like writing and dre- reeling in inspiration for lyrics and um yeah because you essentially just take that idea and then you bring it to those producers and you're like all right here we go and then that goes right right? yeah right pretty much yeah um for example that's exactly how my next single is going to be coming together uh i i i made the beat and i like i recorded the guitar and i made the beat and i I sang some rough lyrics and i'm just gonna like bring that to to Ryder, and and he's gonna you know make the drums punch and you know shit like that Mm -hmm. so it's pretty cool that i get the opportunity to work with these people um i kind of do miss the og way of uh way i made shit though just just me producing Um, yeah um, i mean you still got time of my gotta take advantage of my resources exactly i mean they're really at your disposal it's somewhat like basically the, the the amount of producers that I feel like if you went down the, the top 10 billboard charts right now, at least like five, at least five of the, of the 10 songs, top 10 songs have like some affiliation to internet money, which is insane. Big time. Yeah. It's, it's a network they got going on. Mm-hmm. So your releases last year, Heart Stop, Racing After Me, Bo Exotic and 18. That was, that was quite the run you had. And from my perspective, it was pretty genius in the way that you did that that release strategy because you almost served your fans four different types of dishes and then you like really like all right pick one and so like am i am i like correct in that assumption pretty much yeah um we kind of we kind of picked four corners of my ring and um and you know i I get to sit back and kind of choose which corner to, to pick my fight in um mm-hmm. at the end of the it, day though 
I just make what I make. And if I yeah. like it, I'm going to release it. Um, yeah. Out of the four, what was your favorite? Um, I think like, like musically and like kind of as a whole, like looking at it from every angle, like 18 was probably my best song, but mm -hmm. in terms of like pushing the turbo brand and like what sound I should actually be pursuing, I'd say heart stop is more uh, like I should make sh more shit like heart stop. Um, mm -hmm. bow exotic that, that is also like a really, a, a really, um, like that's the lane that I should be pursuing too. Cause like, Summer vibes, I, I get really man. good. Yeah. Summer vibes. I get good feedback on it. It's fun. Um, I just get caught up in trying to make like serious music. <laughs> even though, like, um, I don't even know what serious music means, but yeah. I guess it's not so much bow exotic. Um, I just, yeah. Um, it was I almost like, it was almost like a, a fuck you to like anyone that tried to really box you into like that heart stop, like country rap. Like you were like, okay, you think that I'm just this and I got three more genres I can do. And I, I thought it was, it was pretty, it was a, a pretty good introduction to like you and like your whole brand. Hell yeah. I totally agree. That's uh, you, you hit the nail on the head, man. Mm -hmm. So I, like I said before, like I, I found your music back in June of last year. And I wrote, I, I, uh, when I was writing about you on my page, I, as I was writing, I realized that like your music, it blends and fuses various genres. And it's actually like the genres that you're blending and fusing. It's, it's really a reflection of, of what Calgary is in like, like, I think for our generation specifically, Calgary is so much more diverse than a lot of people outside the outside of it think re, or yeah. even realize. Like, and so I think like, yeah, I'm 22, you're 23. And we find, we kind of like grew up in similar eras of music. So I remember like listening to Kanye West and I had friends that like introduced me to Blink-182 and I went through a giant EDM phase with like Skrillex. So everything that like you're doing, I can tell right away is authentic and genuine because like, that's what it was like growing up in Alberta. Right. And so yep. how, how important is is authenticity for you? Um, it's, it's pretty important because because when you get, you know, you, you get tested or whatever, you know, like you get, you, you get your G checked, you know, and like, yeah, you, 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 we're just, I'm just being who I am. And, you know, in Calgary, we just like to get fucked up and we like to like <laughs> what we like. We like, you know, like no one can tell us shit. You know, we have, we have people in Calgary that are love to put their boots on and go in the mud. And we have people that like to put their Jordans on and go ball, you know, like, yeah. like there's, there's, there's all, there's all kinds of us and um and yeah I, I, I like to like to try to be authentic as i can i don't know mm -hmm. yeah and like in your music videos and all your visuals like you seem to you managed to weave in like subtle but iconic albertan stereotypes like with like the cowboy hat like cigarettes like the on the bench guys like big trucks like all that into your videos yeah. but like in a way like it it celebrates Albertan culture, I feel. And it like, it makes you almost proud to be from here. Right. Absolutely, man. 
fucking my last trip to LA, um, it definitely made me like, like really thankful of like where I am and my friends and shit. Um, just mainly cause like, there's nothing to do uh, in LA cause of like COVID, but just, just like sitting around it's like, man, it's like, yeah, I actually like really like where I live and where I came up and <laughs> where I'm from. And yeah, it's, it's live. definitely a unique place. Like, that's the thing I've realized too, like going to different places and partying in different cities. Like there is like something like in the water in Alberta. I don't know what it is, but we just go a lot harder than a lot of other places. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just cause <laughs> we're so, so bored. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, so I, I mean, I gotta be careful how I word this, but, um, do you like to a certain degree almost play into these stereotypes, like um, like exaggerate them like slightly, like in your music videos uh, and all these visuals? Yeah, in a sense, like we really wanted to show off BC mm-hmm. and so exotic, like you know, being in, like that's what we do. We go golf, we go on the the the, the ski doos, and we go to the lake, man. Like that's like going to the lake is like everyone's f- favorite thing to do, and. Um, yeah, we want to we, we want to showcase that like we, we want to roll out as you know like we're the Canadian cowboy and we want to carry that as yeah. much as much as I want to be huge in the states um you know like there's there's a lot of good things that we can bring from Canada that uh, exactly. people on the states just eat it up they love Canadians yeah, exactly and it's almost necessary now though in like just the industry and the culture surrounding like hip hop and music in general like it's like you almost have to take everything about you and just kind of double down on it. Like if, and at, like to kind of keep pushing, pushing, pushing your brand. And so honestly, I respect that. Like, it's not like you're trying to be somebody you're not like you, you are who you are, but I just, yeah. I was just, I just wanted to know like you're, if, if you, you walk around with cowboy boots and a cowboy hat on a daily basis or not. <laughs> Not always a cowboy hat, but I, 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 ever since I started really making this country shit, I, I always wear cowboy boots. <laughs> never find me without them. Even fucking, even shorts, I'll wear cowboy boots. Um, yeah, it, it's it's kind of something I adopted though. But like my dad is a huge uh, huge bluegrass musician here in Calgary, mm-hmm. and bluegrass is as country as it gets. Um, yeah so so i had that growing up and yeah here you are so (laughs) so bo exotic was the most popular song and i saw you were working with um chaos club in the summer and connecting with kellen and so can we expect more hillbilly edm in the future yes yes sir um we got the track coming Kellen and I did it together. Um, it's it's pretty well done and ready to go. Actually, funny today we were supposed to get on a phone call and get one thing finished. Anyway, um, yes, we got this new track coming out. It's one of the two singles that we're gonna roll out before the EP. Um, mm-hmm. I might as well spell the name. It's called Hell on Earth. Hell yeah! You get to send an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's right up it's right up bo exotics alley um yeah 
Yeah, it's, it's just four to the floor, and it's fucking – like, it sounds like something you'd play at a Flames game, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I got I got that vibe. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> maybe it will one day if it, so. if it pops that'd off. That would be lit. That would be lit. Um, red. Uh, so, I mean, or, go Oilers. McDavid is my uh, my savior. Just wanted to just wanted to say that, but um, how did you, how did you and uh Kellen and Chaos and Chaos Club and Kellen initially connect? Um, Niall, who's he? He's my manager in the call right now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I'm I don't remember how Niall and Kellen got together, but Niall manages or co-manages Kellen as well. Mm-hmm. So, um. And and yeah, I think he he one day Kellen was in Calgary, and I was like, "Yo, we got I got to get my two artists in the same studio," and we did. And I walked in, and Kellen had kind of had something that he had prepared for me. It was a little guitar thing, and I came in, and I was like, "I I want to make some four to the floor," and he just okay, scrap that. <laughs> we we just made exactly what I kind of had in my head. He has he has such a good talent talent to. Uh, to draw like the idea out of your head. Anyway, um, I've met Kellen through Nile. And mm-hmm. so did you spend a lot of time like in, in the chaos club studio and like two track? Uh, yeah, we, we worked on the song there too in Vancouver. Uh, we shot a bunch of cool photos there. I got to meet a lot of the crew. I met Boz, um, met a lot of the people behind the scenes and it was pretty cool. We hung out there a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think to me, like those, what those guys are doing over there, like it's going to change, like it's going to put Vancouver on the map. Like I think Boslin today, Boslin today, I think is supposed to drop. So I think it's right now the spotlight, it's, it could shift to Vancouver very, very soon. That's what I think anyway. I saw a lot of cool, cool things while I was out there. A lot of, a lot of gears moving. Mm-hmm. So that kind of leads into my next question. Like, I'm just kind of curious on your opinion on like all of these artists that are coming out of Western Canada, like Boslin and um, I don't know, Koozie, like, and you got Forever Friday and Edmonton, like all of these people, but it seems like labels aren't really paying attention as much as they should be in a sense. Like, so do you think that, or do you know if labels are even paying any attention to what's going on right now? They are. Um, it, like everyone's music gets gets uh, examined and stuff, but you know, I think what broke me through is I just had something original, um, mm-hmm. something that I I invented, and something I you know um, really kind of made mine and. I'm not saying these these other artists around me aren't original. Like they're they're yeah. talented. Every they have everything they need to get a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's I feel like sometimes what the labels want is just like this brand new, this fresh, you know, like the sound, yeah. a sound that they haven't heard before, kind of thing. And exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so I've been creating kind of i've been creating content for the instagram page youth ascending for like a year just under a year now 
And to me, like, it's just been really exciting just to see, like, um, artists like you really, like, representing the region. But at the same time, I kind of feel like I'm writing all this stuff and, like, doing all these, like, videos and shit. But I feel like I'm shouting at a wall. Like, do you ever find it frustrating how, like, like, the Canadian mainstream media seems to just kind of be completely unaware of all this going on? Yeah, uh, I think it's because I think it's because like we're we're so creative where we are, um, people in our city, people in Canada. But I don't think people support each other as much as they should. Like, like yeah. no one, no one from Canada really like like really like fucks with other people in Canada. It's it's like people are trying to get out of Canada in a sense. Yeah. So like, so when you, when you're starting out and you only got the people around you to to bounce ideas off you only get so much um and and it's 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 because no one wants to see like the person next to them shine they want to shine themselves you know and Mm -hmm. and we're all we're all guilty of that um yeah i for, for me i just i just stuck to uh like a like a not a schedule but like i just i just made sure to to stay consistent and just like build you know like build from the fucking bottom and that's what i did like like i was stoked to get 10 plays on a song on soundcloud i was stoked you know next year i was stoked to get 100 plays on a song and then the next year it happened to be a thousand and i was stoked to get that and the next year it was ten thousand and the next year it was it's millions and then the numbers just go up like exponentially but you just gotta have that patience man and that fucking because like it'll it'll eventually leak into into the whole the whole market not just not just local you know yeah yeah it almost feels like the the people around you are going to be like the last people to fuck with you like pretty much that's and like but like to me i feel like right now there's it's starting to change in a sense like there are communities that are building within each city like you have chaos club in vancouver there's like a digital creative lab called dna in in um edmonton and then you have like your uh the guys you work with i think it's a module module creative agency those guys so it's like i feel like those kind of uh i guess hubs are vitally important in order for like any of these cities to kind of produce like world-class talent and it's pretty it's encouraging to kind of see like that's it's it's on our generation almost to kind of it's starting to happen right because right now like you have like when people think of what like canadian music they just shift to toronto it's like drake xo all that ovo all that shit but i feel like there has to be some sort of hub for everybody to galvanize around and quite honestly i think chaos club is going to be that for the west anyway i agree um yeah they're powerful Mm -hmm. so do you feel like more pressure now that you have this team at internet money and module creative around you and like everybody believing in your music like, oh, the pressure is yeah, the pressure is crazy, man. Mm-hmm. How are you um, dealing with that? I'm, I'm, I just am. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. Um, the, yeah, it's it's a lot being being an artist um, yeah. mentally and physically. 
you just gotta fucking do it though you just gotta put on your rock star boots and get stomping i don't mm -hmm. know how else to say it <laughs> so um nobody like there are like a lot of there are a few mainstream artists right now like tate mccray that are from calgary but none of them really rep calgary as hard as you do what kind of what kind of impact do you want to have on on this the, your city and like just the whole city's music scene in general um just like i guess open some sort of gateway um just inspire people around me uh i what makes me feel good is like seeing people around me be inspired by me like mm -hmm. um seeing artists go twice as hard just because they saw me me get me break through like i i literally see it um everyone i know around me that makes that makes music went twice as hard as soon as i as soon as i got this deal like i it, it mm -hmm. makes me feel so good it, it makes me feel proud um yeah it's awesome well once again thank you so much for coming on and really just taking a chance on me and this brand. Uh, my final question is, would you ever perform at the Calgary Stampede? That's my fucking, that's number one on my list, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, I was listening to uh, to Angels on your SoundCloud, and holy fuck, dude, that song would go absolutely insane in the Calgary, in the Cowboys tent. Like, just, just <laughs> imagine. Would that would be It's funny. already in the works. Oh shit, let's go BVJ too. That'd be crazy. BVJ, I, I don't know. I've I've had my fair share of time there. It's a riot. Same with the yeah, Stampede though. We're we're working on on you know what what the next step is. Uh Calgary Stampede though has been on my been on my number one on my list for this whole time. That's yeah. exciting, man. Well, thanks again for coming on and good luck to you and your future. Boom. Turbo. There it is. That was a that was a really big get for me. I feel like he was one of those people that I was trying to he was at one point a dream guest of mine and right um, for him to like, come on even before any of these podcasts have been released that was honestly so special so shout out to shout out to uh turbo and nile his management and for just believing in this brand because that honestly that conversation was that conversation was great i think it really just kind of shown shine some light on just the type of person he is and just how much of a creative person he really is I found it really interesting how in the very beginning when he was making sixth gear, he knew in the back of his mind what the potential of it was, but he'd never, he, he, he was humble about it. He kind of went about it in a, a very genuine way. And honestly, like for him to have the success he has and to still kind of be willing to even just take a chance on me, somebody that's like nowhere near his level, it's, it just speaks to his character and just how much of a genuine duty is just taking it back to our talk about what his music brand is trying to accomplish. 
and I really liked when we touched on just how how much he's actually doing for Alberta and specifically Calgary, just the whole city. Like he's really trying to represent his roots to his the fullest extent that he can possible. Like there's nobody else in the music industry right now that is repping and just showcasing Alberta culture the way he is. And for that, honestly, like there's no no words you can say to like describe that and what that's doing for everybody, even in Calgary. He said it towards the end that he really just wants to inspire other artists around him to really just keep going and really just believe that it really can happen to anybody. It just takes the right person at the right time to hear the, hear your song and your life can change. And that's exactly what happened to him. Hef and A&R for Internet Money heard his song on a YouTube video and knew right away that this guy was doing something that was completely different yet completely authentic to who he was and one thing i just wanted to touch on was just to give a little bit more context to just kind of the gravity of everything that he's doing right now in within the music industry so he's a part of a a producer collective slash label called internet money as you might have heard and right now like if you look at the billboard hot 100s i would guarantee you at least at least 50% of the songs on the hot billboard have some sort of affiliation to internet money, which is wild. So this is a collective of 17 to, I think he said, what, 26, 27 year olds that are kind of taking over the music industry. And it's, it's insane because the whole idea behind the label and just the whole brand of it is it's about kids on the internet making getting getting their bread and for a guy like taz taylor to really believe in an artist like turbo that's how you know that turbo is something special turbo is going to be a name that you hear and immediately will associate with calgary and that is why i think it was so special that I was able to interview him this early on in his career because I believe, I truly, truly believe that this man is going to have a long and successful career in music because there's there's no boxing him into any type of genre. The guy can do just about anything. And for him to now go from being a writer who writes, produces, mixes, engineers every single part of his music to now being able to focus on the, the areas that he cares about most, the writing, some producing, but more so writing. And then for him to have some of the best producers in the entire world right now at his disposal, it's almost scary how how big that is going to, how much of a advantage and just how far that puts a, him ahead of everybody else. So the sky is really the limit for Turbo and I'm really excited to see what's in store because man, with his attitude, his worth ethic and just his overall character, the dude's going to be so successful, man. It's crazy. That's pretty much all I got for you guys this week. Thank you again for listening and if you're not already, be sure to follow the Instagram at youth.ascending and be sure to subscribe to this podcast the Youth Ascending Podcast on Spotify and Apple Music.